Here we go. It's a DC Sports Huddle sponsored by MGM National Harbor. For the latest in Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor. Experience a sports fan's paradise. Dave Johnson, Rob Woodfork, and George Wallace. And many people believe because training camp is back, football is back. It very much is a sports fan's paradise. Now, before we go any further and we get into the meat and potatoes, I hope folks are listening to WTOP Sports at 15 and 45, as I do, even when I'm not on. And I could have sworn I heard Rob Woodfork say, he still was hoping the team was called the Washington Federals when discussing the big <laughs> issue about what fight song to go with, uh, uh, which that still confuses me. But you're still on this Federals kick you, that you haven't gotten over that? I'm not going to. I'm First of all, I'm never going to get over it. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of the commander's name, but I, I, I will I will say this. I think that they maybe have a better season than people are are, are giving them. So okay. I'll, I'll, make that trade. The I'll make that trade off. What? Because of the, because of the name? No. <laughs> okay. Well, also, but- we don't need, also, we don't need a fight song. Why, why is there, why are we in 2022 doing fight songs? Right. It, it has nothing to do with 2022. It's no, but no, but what I'm telling you is you don't need a fight song. You don't need a fight song. You don't need a mascot. Like, Look, you needed that uh, stuff in the sixties to try and rally up. I mean, yeah. with the advent of social media and, you know, you have beat reporters on top of beat reporters and everything else. You don't need fight songs. Get it's in not the end that. Zone. You're not, you're, as a matter of fact, you're not even going to play the fight song because you don't get in the end zone. All right. First of all, let's, let's just, just calm down here for a second. <laughs> Two, it's not about the, I, I, this is as I, I think it's more, you know, you don't need a fight song fine, but this franchise has had that. This franchise has had the band, and they're trying to keep that link. They've changed everything else. And Jason Wright made it clear that the fans wanted the band and the fight song to stay. They're trying to hang on to something. So I don't have a problem, not that you asked me, but I'm just saying, I don't have a problem with the fight song, just trying to keep it, you know, keep something there. And and it's it's not everybody has a fight song, so I'm okay right. with that. Not that you asked me, but that's my two cents. No, that negates the whole and point of a rebrand. Again, again, Rob, you know we had a team in this town called the Federals, and they may have been the worst football team ever <laughs> to get paid. But here's the thing. There's nothing worse than what we've seen from this franchise in the last yes. arguably 20, but I'll just go ahead and say the last four or five. Just The to, two years the Federals were in town, the USFL felt like two decades. Trust me. I, I mean, <laughs> but, no, but, no, but nobody remembers that. Just well, like nobody remembers them being in the Super Bowl at this point. Well, see, uh, and that's why we should get out of the 80s and get now. Look, get to- look, this is why <laughs> this is why I can't do the show from work because look, I'm all grumpy now. Yeah, I can't okay. see myself right. in the in the in the uh in the mirror here because the lighting sucks. So yeah. All right, all right, let's let's flip the page. <laughs> uh George, you're you're out there. Ron Rivera was talking about the, the Carson Wentz effect, the presence, yeah. the, the fact <clears throat> of, of quarterback of his resume before we debate his resume, just point out he had some success. There's a, there seemed to be Rivera was saying a certain presence that it uplifted the morale of the team. Did you sense that? Yeah, you can sense it. I mean, you can, you can see, look, I mean, it's just night and day just watching number one, you you get, you, you, you feel it, you feel his uh, you know, he's taken his retention from the spring into the summer and Ron Rivera, very pleased with that. He's made an effort. He had the, the receivers out to California to build up chemistry. And Carson Wentz told us today, it's not just about on the field, but it's off the field stuff too. And getting to know guys, getting to learn what's, you know, he says, guys are at different parts of their life. He says, look, I'm married. I have two kids, a lot of single guys out here. You learn about your teammates. And I think that is a big deal. He goes, that's how you begin to build a culture in the locker room. And look, we all know this team needs that. 
So if you get the Carson Wentz that, uh, you know, from 2017 and, and uh, on the field, then it's going to be even more of a bonus. The big question mark is which Carson Wentz are you getting? He's been traded each of the last two off seasons. He's in his third team in three years. So, uh, but off the field stuff, I think is a big deal for what he has been able to bring so far in the few months that he has been here and players have seen that players talk about it. And, you know, for the first time in a long time, the quarterback one position on this team, okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, whatever, but there's no quarterback controversy. Taylor Heineke is not going to start whether he plays this year or not. We don't know, but Carson Wentz, this is his team. And Ron Rivera felt it again, necessary to go up to him yesterday when he got to the facility and reiterate the fact that he is wanted here. They went out to get him. They put a lot of eggs in this basket. Don't get me wrong. Whether or not it was a panic move like we've discussed in the past or not, they're making it clear, at least in public, that Carson Wentz is their guy. He's the guy taking this team into the future, at least for this year. And uh, today was off to a good start. Rivera not happy with the practice, but as far as the Carson Wentz part of it, there we go. Yeah. Well, and again, I don't think, and I'll get both your input. I don't think Carson Wentz is a question. I think he is going to be fine as a quarterback. The big question for this team is the defense. Yeah. Did it start to show some improvement at some point last year? And can it continue to get back to 2020 with Chase Young, a big question mark? To me, that's that's the whole season right there. Yeah, and, it's, uh, and you can argue there are more holes right now in the defense than in the offense, as far as especially with depth is concerned and at linebacker. So – to your point, and Chase Young, who knows when we're going to see him. I was thinking first month of the season, but the way these guys were talking yesterday, I have no idea. And I have no problem with them not putting a timetable on him coming back. You don't want to do that. Just let him react. When he's ready to play, he'll play. But uh, as far as depth is concerned on the defense, that would be my bigger question marks right now. And I would hope that the defense, look, last year, you know, it read its press clippings, for lack of a better way of putting it. Look, this team is supposed to be the greatest defense defense on paper and they stunk at least the beginning of the year they were supposed to win games for this team early on they didn't so I would hope that there are enough veterans and enough guys with winning mentalities on this defense led by Jonathan Allen that you're going to see a different defense at least to start the season let's hope Rob your level of confidence um, I mean, I'm not super confident, but I will say this, uh, the Chase Young uh, situation is one that we have not uh, spoken a lot about, and this is a crucial season for him. As a matter of fact, I think it's, it's not even just us. I don't think it's, I think it's a little underreported at this point because he has had injuries in his first two seasons, um, even before he got hurt last year. There was, you know, some question as to why he wasn't playing at the level that uh, we would expect a number two overall pick to play. So, yeah, coming off of an injury and not being there for the first part of training camp and going into what is an all-important third season for him. He has to show some level of, um, uh, you know, showing us that he is the second overall pick, that he is the dominant force that – uh, everybody thought that he was going to be coming out of Ohio State. Now, Booger McFarlane on ESPN uh, <laughs> had some pretty uh, high expectations for him. I think he's going to be motivated. Not only that he didn't make the top 10, but motivated coming off the ACL, a physical freak. You know, when you talk about Miles Garrett just being a freak, Chase Young is in the same category. And if he can stay healthy for 17 games, he will approach 20 sacks and approach the force fumble record. He is that type of disruptive and dynamic athlete.
that I won't necessarily match, but at the same time, you know, he's got to have a high impact season because we are getting up on the point now where you have to make a choice as to how many of these former first round picks you're going to keep on that defensive line. We know that Deron Payne is up at the end of the year. And then after that comes uh, Montez Sweat, who quietly has had the better career between he and uh, and Chase Young. So with Chase Young at the back end of that line, if he doesn't show anything this year, this could be, and I know it's you know not apples apples, but this could be a Brian Arapko, uh, Arakpo situation where you get to the end of his deal and you're still trying to figure out if the guy is who you thought he was when you took him uh, in the first round. But this would be, uh, this is a very important season for him. So we need to see a lot from him. We need to see a lot from that defensive line. And uh, we need to see more from that defense uh, in total. Obviously, the Carson Wentz is the, uh, is the top storyline going into this training camp. But I think uh, maybe like 1B one, uh, one would be uh, the Chase Young situation. Well, that's a big 1B. And, and there's a level of anxiety because, George, you mentioned there's no timetable mm-hmm. on his, his return. And so, uh, again, I, I don't want to be uh, – And it doesn't have to be an RG3 all-in for week one situation either. Like, if he doesn't play – as a matter of fact, the first two games, we've been talking about how easy their schedule is, uh, at least on paper – uh, how easy their schedule is the first two weeks of the season. If he misses those two games, I don't think that's the the end of the world, but he's got to be able to hit the ground and hit the ground running pretty shortly thereafter. No, that that's what I'm saying. My anxiety level is just, it. I think he is so critical to the success of this defense and of this team. Uh, it's a level of anxiety. I'm not predicting it's going to be a bad situation because we just don't know when he's going to be back. But uh, we can do all the things through training camp and preseason but until he gets back on the field, uh, I think Commanders fans should have a queasy feeling about their situation. You mentioned the schedule. At least it on paper, it, it's yeah. a ramp up. And it also puts the pressure on this team to get out of the gate uh, strongly. What about this team in, in general? I mean, this was a team, albeit uh, backed in or however you want to describe it, the playoffs a couple of years ago. Um, it's not just Carson Wentz. It's not just Chase Young. Do we have the team uh, makings of a team that if the stars align can make the postseason, George? Yeah, I do. I, I really think so. I think this team can win 10 games. I mean, the schedule, look, you can't, you have to start two and zero. There is no doubt about it. And look, I know Jacksonville and Detroit are thinking you get Washington on the schedule. They're thinking the same thing. I get it. But this team and this coaching staff year three, Ron has talked about it a numerous amount of times about how this year has to be the year year three. You have to take that step. You have your quarterback. You have the weapons around him. You have depth on offense. Uh, you know, the, there's maybe one starting position up for grabs on this team right now. That's a right guard. That's it. So you have the guys there from the Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, John Dotson, the new guy, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson, go on and on, and Carson Wentz. So you have to start fast, which this team has not done. And you have the playmakers to get it done. If you get Car- – and Carson Wentz is the key. There's no doubt about it. We're not going to sugarcoat that. If you get the good Carson Wentz, I think this team can win nine, ten games. The schedule sets up for it fine, for once. And you have playmakers on offense and defense as well. You hope the defense takes that next step and you get Chase Young back at some point. So I know it's way early and they're still in shorts and helmets. We haven't put any pads on yet. But, yeah, on paper, you know, this this has the setup, to your point, of stars align. This could be a pretty good football team. 
Yeah, and why not? What is the dentistry in line? We we know we know who they think we they are, are, who they thought they were. Well, well, we know we basically know this team. There's not a quarterback yeah. controversy. There's You're not right. a lot of controversy. And again, I it, the playmakers you just listed, uh, Carson Wentz, I believe, <laughs> will be able to get it done because a player that's been through what he's been through has not forgotten how to play, and he'll get it done if he is protected. This offense can have some success, Rob. I'm actually looking at the schedule right quick because I I, I, I don't think the schedule sets up for them to uh, to have a great season. Now I don't I don't disagree with George that they that they could win ten games. I do see. I didn't say great season, not great. All right, but I mean, the, getting to ten wins. Oh, is he was talking about Jacksonville, Detroit. Right, right, yeah. But but here's the thing, they have a tendency. Uh, they they'll lose the games that they should win and win the games uh, some of the games that they should lose. So yeah. there's going to be a couple of those in the schedule. So if they don't start two and zero, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world because Jacksonville might be one of the most improved teams just by virtue of having some decent leadership. But um, the thing that I think is going to trip them up is that really late bye week that doesn't come until week 14 because you do have and I was just I wanted to bring up the schedule. Uh, because I remember there were some winnable games there on uh, going into the bye. Uh, you have the Monday nighter uh, at the Eagles, and then you have a short week going to the Texans. You have the uh, Atlanta Falcons, New York Giants. Uh, the division games are always unpredictable. So that little stretch there gives me stops me short of being very confident that they're going to have that 10-11 win season. But um, But yeah, I, look, on paper, they make a lot of sense. I think the biggest question mark for me is the offensive line, though. Because there is a lot of change uh, to that interior offensive line. Your starting center is coming off of a season-ending injury. Your backup center is coming off a season-ending injury. Even your third-string center is coming off a season-ending injury. They were, uh, I, I, as a matter of fact, I was the next guy up if they would have had to uh, go to another center uh, in 2021. So uh, you got two new starters at uh, at guard. They uh, these are it's an experienced bunch. Uh, absolutely, uh, Ron Rivera said. Uh, you know, in that press conference leading up to uh, training camp, look, we have 10 guys that we like. As a matter of fact, we have 12 guys that we like on the offensive line. So if that ends up being a strength, if they somehow, even though you lose uh, a, a Brandon Sheriff and, you know, you added the veterans, if they end up being better on uh, on the offensive line, that's going to be a huge difference because a big part of Carson Wentz's struggles uh, in Philadelphia anyway, I, I, I didn't watch Indianapolis close enough to know but uh, a big part of his struggles in Philadelphia was he wasn't playing in front of uh, a starting caliber offensive line. So if he's got that here, that's half the battle. Well, and again, the offensive line is is probably the most, I don't know if it's underrated because we, I think we do know the importance of it. But often when people ask me to, to predict records for the season, I, I don't want to do it. And I, I used to say eight and eight, you can't do that anymore because it's a 17 game <laughs> season. But it, to me, it, it all does predicate on the offensive line. If, if you have key injuries on the offensive line, your season go, can go sideways in a hurry. Yeah. So that's going to be another area we're going to have to focus on. Totally and that's the thing they have, they, they have the potential to be really strong at the point of attack on both sides of the ball. And that's the most important thing when you're talking about a football team. That's so football. That, I that's think football. that's right. Exactly. So it's like they, they can win in the trenches. Uh, I think the question is, do they have the right quarterback and do and linebacker is another sort of underrated storyline because they, they really could have. And, and, and I'm watching uh, the veteran out of, uh, out of Seattle uh, that came available 
and uh, and they weren't able to uh, make that happen. So I, I, I'm I'm curious to see if they have an answer at linebacker, especially at that Mike position. The, 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 like I said, the linebacker position for me is one of the biggest question marks. Uh, you got to get Jamin Davis. I mean, he's a freak of an mm-hmm. athlete. And it was interesting talking with some of the guys today, all media guys. If if you can't get Jamin Davis, look, last year he had a bad rookie year. Fine. But he's an athlete. If you can't get him on the field and get him playing in a position, maybe not where he should, but find a place for him, then that's an indictment on coaching. Like, this is the guy you have to get on the field. One other thing, too, guys, we got to, you know, it, 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 players are, are – Jonathan Allen said it best today. I'm paid to play the extra stuff in one year, out the other. You know, the off-the-field stuff is just going to keep surrounding this team. And the one issue I had with Rivera yesterday when he said he was talking about they expect the off-the-field issues and the talk and the noise and this, that. But he's always the guy who says, I got to move on and move on from it. But yesterday he was kind of harping on it a little bit, which kind of took me a little bit by surprise. Yeah. I, mean, I have to just forget this off-the-field stuff. And players are saying the right thing, and it's human nature to hear it. You have to hear it. You, they're on social media all the time. But it's going to be interesting now to see – with the Dan Snyder situation, and they're going to be fielding questions about it and to see how that kind of affects the lead-up to the season if if Dan Snyder gets in front of the, the committee in the next couple of days. Which is and that's the thing. Fun. And if he's going to ignore it, then he needs to ignore it. He needs to stop bringing it up because if I recall, I mean, yeah, there were a couple of pointed questions there, but he, he could have sort of sidestepped that instead yeah. of walking into it you know, basically kicking in the door and, and and sort of doubling down on that on that approach. And here's the thing: you can't just turn the page as long as Snyder's still in the building. So we're right. going to ask those questions, and they're yeah. fair questions because you took the money from the guy who's at the heart of everything that we're talking about. So yeah, the guy signs your check. So, yeah, yeah, you weren't you weren't in the building for for the stuff that they're talking about, but you're accepting a check from the guy who was. Yeah, so. but it, but in fairness to Ron Rivera, I think what he did say, and I didn't have a problem with it, he was saying that uh, did not want to brush aside the past mm-hmm. turmoil. He just was saying he that, that he hoped yeah. that the football team is judged by the present. And so while he, he's, I don't think he's taking a check. He's no more guilty than Jason Wright is or whatever because they didn't experience whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, allegedly uh, happened. We have to be careful with that. So uh, I, throughout this all, when I think of his tenure and you throw in a pandemic, uh, I, I think the commanders have been fortunate to have Ron Rivera in charge to guide through both the social and health issues, uh, because I think it, it required somebody um, with with the experience and with also the character. I, I thought also something he said struck me about that, that Mike Ditka uh, told him that that the one thing you have to do as a football team is give back to the community. And there's a stress on that. As much as we think of Mike Ditka as, as a hard-nosed football player, and he was, and, and uh, demanding coach, and he was, uh, but he also had a sense, uh, again, he grew up in an era where the football players were very much a part of the community. They weren't making the kind of money they're right. making today. So not only uh, he grew up in an era when you're giving back <laughs> – to the community that's basically your community trying to make a, a difference. So, um, yeah, again, I, I give Ron Rivera so many leadership credits, and that's I, I do think that's a plus uh, for this team as it tries to, to sort itself out and finally get on some kind of path of consensus, consistency. And, and look, this is the I mean, I'm going to ask you guys this question too, but also with Rivera, <clears throat> this is the first year with normalcy, like no COVID right. restrictions, no nothing a real training camp, you're on the field. He said he's really excited about that. Here's my question. 
going into a year three coach, do you have a problem with him saying it's not playoffs or bust? You know, you know what? I don't have a problem. No, because I, 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 and maybe that's that's too soft to understanding of on my part. But I, I again, I, I don't think you if if it's no playoffs this year. I don't think firing Ron Rivera then and starting all over again gains you any progress, right? Because look, it, it might not be playoffs because of just some of the things we talked about. You yeah. get injuries to keep players. It, if Carson Wentz doesn't make it out of the, the first quarter, God forbid, as I say that, it, it changes just like it did last year with, with Ryan. No, seriously, though, Ryan. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it, you know, that that judgment call has to depend on the circumstances. If, it, if, right, if, exactly. And organizationally, if, you can't come out and give one loss records for what is acceptable and what's not acceptable because the Baltimore Ravens are a golden example of that last year. I mean, basically anybody on their roster who mattered was hurt. They were starting guys, literally right. starting guys off the street uh, at running back last season. So. Um, yeah, so if Washington goes through something like that, then, you know, you end up with seven wins. That, that should almost get you coach of the year. Yeah, no, and I think also it, it's easy to, to write, fire everyone once yeah. things start going wrong. I think you it, it, it's up to Martin Mayhew, it's up to Jason Wright, whoever, to make a judgment call that if for some reason this team doesn't make the playoffs, and there are many reasons why it might, because this is the NFL. This is on any given Sunday, Saturday, Thursday, Tuesday, whatever day of the week they're playing. Week, now. week to week, everything happens. You're right. But if you get a sense that it, it's it's a downward spiral, that that we're really not getting it anywhere, yeah, you fire the coach. But I, I can't foresee that happening. And again, for what I just mentioned, you know, uh, I'm not saying you get, you get a pass, but, you know, all coaches – had to deal with the last couple of years. It was a unique situation and it was not the way you wanted to start as they talk about programs, your program in a new city, whether you're in Washington in 2020 or any other city in, in, in 2020, but it was more uh, magnified and, and troublesome in Washington for a lot of reasons in 2020 as, as we went through uh, social reckoning and turbulence that they had to deal with some issues that they there's no way he could have foreseen uh, yeah. was going to happen when he was hired in January of 2020. Yeah, but it's a, all of that is out the window now. Year three, you got the quarterback. You, I mean, you're they're talking like they like won the day by getting Carson Wentz. That's so, what I'm saying. You I put mean, a lot of eggs in that basket. That's exactly. What I'm that's, that's what I'm saying. This you said it. This yeah. this quarterback is going to define the Ron Rivera era in Washington. Yeah. And I know that sounds hyperbolic, but it's really true. The first year. You know, you were playing a guy that was inherited and you kind of felt like you had to because he was a first round pick. The second year was supposed to be a bridge year till you could get a guy. But he was treating this like he had operated like he wanted to basically luck into a quarterback like a Dak Prescott in the later rounds. And this year you had that opportunity uh, with the kid in uh, in Atlanta now in uh, Desmond um, can't think, uh, Desmond Ritter. Uh, Desmond Ritter and uh, Malik Willis, those guys were on the board in the second round. And uh, and I can't remember if they went before their third round pick, but uh, you had the opportunity to get to luck into a couple of good young talents and not feel like you have to play them right away. So, but you made the desperation play. So if this, if it works out, then fine. But if not, that's probably going to cost him his job. All right. As we wrap up this week's DC Sports Auto, Audible at the line of scrimmage, Rob, since you were just speaking, we'll go to you. We'll start with you. Right. 
Yeah, uh, just real briefly, because I'm about to go on air. But uh, <laughs> uh, my thing is, I, I hate that this is uh, slander the black uh, Pro Bowl quarterback week from Lamar Jackson to Kyler Murray. I, I'm not a fan of uh, either team, but I hope that I see a Super Bowl where guys who are at least are similarly talented get to face off in the Super Bowl so that we can once and for all get rid of this narrative that a quarterback has to be a six foot five white guy in order to succeed in the NFL. George drop. Uh, it's going to be interesting the next uh, few days, see what happens with Juan Soto, whether or not he's going to be on this team or not. Lots of talk about the, the what it's going to take to uh, a deal to, to, to trade him. I don't know about you, Dave, but I'm, I'm just blown away at the fact that we are, sitting here with this team talking about possibly trading a 23 year old guy that they're talking about being, you know, comparing to guys like Babe Ruth uh, yeah. just, to see where this team has gone. It's, it just blows me away. Well, it, it's a dramatic, it does remind me of, uh, and the mm-hmm. Orioles that won the world series in 83 did not have a Juan Soto type player. Uh, yeah. But, you know, within a couple of years, they were uh, in a tailspin to the point where they brought Earl Weaver back out of retirement. But that's again, I'm always bringing up ancient history. I should go dig for dinosaurs or something. But anyway, <laughs> as my audible with a lot of screws, real quick, I'll go. I'll go uh, off track here a little. Uh, the Mystics are going to win a title this year. Uh, they're playing defense at the right time. Uh, uh, look for them to have a strong finish. They're the best coach team in the WNBA, and that's we could use a title in this town down the stretch. That's going to do it for the uh, D.C. Sports Huddle, sponsored by MGM National Harbor. For the latest in Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor to experience the sports fan's paradise. For George Wallace, I'm Dave Johnson, along with Rob Woodford, who's busy at WTLP. Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in. Over here. With a friend. And found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today.